the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for The Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible, have fun, and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. We are here. Don't despair. We are on the air. Thank you for joining us tonight. This is Soapy, and uh, 
Actually, actually, despair. We're on the air. Hey, Sophie, could you turn me up just a? Could you turn me up just a tad? My uh, my earphone. No, because when you put yours on, you adjusted something, and I went away. Uh, say, say something. I will. I'm going to say this is the Bible Live Quiz Show. We have the questions here before us for tonight's program. We are asking you questions from Psalm 86 through 89. Psalm 86 through 89. And let me see here. Um, we have questions coming from the, the book of Second Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 19. Through the end of the book, chapter 36, I believe it is. Uh, and then next week we'll be going into Ezra, uh, the book of Ezra. Now, it is thought that Ezra, the, the priest that helped bring the people of Israel back from their time in Babylon, they were put into exile. You remember, 70 years, 70 years taken by Nebuchadnezzar and other uh, Persian emperors that came after him, taken into captivity in Babylon for 70 years. And then under Cyrus the Great, they were allowed to return. Uh, about 40,000, if I remember correctly, 42,000 returned that we have a record of, that returned to Israel. And some of the leaders there, among the leaders, was this priest named Ezra, who had a real passion for the scriptures, for the word of God. And he he is responsible, I think, for the, what we have is an abridged, or very specialized history that he wrote in the books of First and Second Chronicles. They are a little different from the books of Samuel, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, because they are a selective history that Ezra chose to home in on the kings of uh, of Judah in the south, those who were ancestors of uh, uh, descendants of David, who was to be an ancestor of the Messiah. So, for one, they only followed the kings of Judah in the south, and it was a selective history in that Ezra only recorded in, in the books of First and Second Chronicles. He recorded the high points of of Jewish history, the the positive things, the, the encouraging moments. He, uh, some of the some of the failures, some of the defeats were were not listed in Chronicles, not because he was trying to make them look good, but because he was trying to remind the people of these. This whole generation of Jewish men and women Sophie, who were returning from these years of exile, they were Sophie born outside of, of uh, Israel, outside of the land. And so Ezra is trying to remind them of who they are and whose they, they are. They are the people of oh. God. And so uh, that, that's where we have this selected history called First and Second Chronicles. And then, of course, we have the book of Ezra that follows it. It's more of a personal story of the man himself. What happened to them? Him? How he functioned? How he uh, uh, came back? Some of his own thoughts and so on. So we'll go through the book of Ezra uh, next week, and then we'll return to the New Testament. We'll pick up with the book of I think we hit the book of Romans, isn't that right, Jacob? And uh, we've already gone through Acts. I think it's the book of Romans we'll pick up on next. Okay, week. let's go to let's talk about Rome. I'm ready. <laughs> he likes Rome. He likes to talk about Rome. Well, well, let's stay in that right now. Tonight we're talking about Chronicles. This, the last chapters of this uh, this selected history that we have from Ezra, 
and uh, there's some great, great stories and some great, great lessons. And, uh, you know, one thing I thought we might do tonight, if you don't mind, Jacob, let's back up. Some Someone might be listening to us tonight for the first time. Let's go back it, and it review. Could be, that could be you or I. <laughs> yeah, listening. I'm hearing you for the first time, Jacob. No, let's go back and pick up with uh, the uh, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Let's go back and, and kind of recap the books of the Hebrew Scriptures of the Tanakh that we have covered already, uh-huh. kind of give them a sequence, put the, you know, kind of bring people kind of in a, in a logical way up to the book of uh, Chronicles, where we are now in the book of Second Chronicles. And then, of course, uh, w- right in the moment here, we're going to put out questions that you can call in and answer from the Psalms, from our readings uh, scheduled for this week. And by the way, uh, we don't have our Monday through Friday Bible reading program, but we do post the reading schedule online at BibleLive.com. And so you can go there and follow our same reading schedule we've been following for 15 years and uh, read through those scriptures. Or you can download the readings from the Internet there and uh, continue to read through the scriptures with us. Uh, that's that's the idea now. And so we're working hard to get all that in all of our ducks in a row and get all of that to functioning for you but that's the idea ultimately is that we can continue to listen and read through the scriptures every every uh every week and then we'll ask these questions that come up uh, based on our bible reading schedule sophie would you like to know something yes indeed i would like to hear it again myself so i will say it say it Uh uh-huh uh because you're talking about those writing this which is absolutely correct Uh uh-huh uh they understand from the jewish sources that actually he had three scrolls and from those three scrolls, he amalgamated them, collected them, and that's where we come up with these chronicles. They come from three scrolls that he had. And they're actually listed in the chronicles, right? Doesn't he actually mention a couple of the sources? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and uh, I assume that one of them was, is uh, Deuteronomy. Would that be one? Uh, Do you know them? What are the, no? They're not going to be these five books. These are the these are scrolls that collected everybody's name from like Adam straight down. Who had who had who had genealogies who, and yeah, so on. Uh-huh. Uh, I think uh, it seems like I've I've seen mentioned in the book of uh, Chronicles there was something. It says something like uh, and the rest of the stories or the rest of this story is mentioned in the book of something and something. Yes, yeah, sir. It seems like I remember that yeah, a time sir. or two at least. Yeah, sir. Yes, so, uh, sir. In English. Anyway, we'll try to take note of that. But let me give you some questions. I'll give you a couple of questions from Psalm 86 through 89. And then I'm going to ask Jacob. I think he's already circled some questions from our readings from Second Chronicles. And then we'll, the phone number I'll give you right now, 340-9585, 340-9585. And you can call in. You can answer the questions we're going to put out on the air right now, or you can call in with your own question. Your own thought, your own sort of, you know, I've always wondered about this. You know, what do y'all think about this passage of that? Uh, you can do that, or, of course, you can kind of talk about any all things biblical. Maybe you have another thought or another question about this the, the Bible or this, or, or this whole idea of a human being being reconciled to God and coming into a, an eternal relationship with the Creator. It's, it's, it's a, the hugest, most significant... A story that we'll ever discuss. If it's true, 
it has uh, incredible significance both for this life, for every human being I, I, on planet I Earth, think and our, for the, I think our position should be that it's true. To, I, mean, I think so. I think so. The, that's that's our. This, yeah. That's my view. <laughs> but you know, you're out there. You're thinking. You're analyzing. You're trying to find the truth for your own life and for your own self. And if we can help in that, in your search, our 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 goal, our objective, both Jacob. Uh, from the Hebrew and the, and the Jewish perspective, and, and mine from the from the Apache Indian perspective, the Gentile perspective of of, of the Scriptures, uh, together our our objective is clarity. We want to help show that this book, the Bible, these sixty six books written over a period of fourteen hundred years by more or less forty different authors, that it is indeed a reliable, faithful, dependable, true revelation that God has given us of Himself. And that it tells us how we can come into that kind of a um, confident, secure relationship with God. Uh, that's the whole objective of the Bible is to give us that information, uh, uh, not the whole, but uh, the primary. That's the scarlet thread through the scriptures, as uh, Dr. Criswell used to talk about down in First Baptist Church of uh, Dallas. Uh, the scarlet thread through the scriptures, this this redemptive plan that kind of permeates from beginning to end. And that is... Uh, us being reconciled to God, coming into that relationship with him. Well, here's some questions from Psalm 86 through 89. Oh, well, I was just talking a little bit about this big picture. Let me ask you this. In Psalm 87, uh, in Psalm 87, uh, it talks about the citizens of Jerusalem. And it says uh, we're given to understand that the cities of Jer- the citizens of of Jerusalem symbolized the worldwide community of what people, of what group of people? The citizens of Jerusalem, as we see them mentioned in Psalm 87, the citizens of Jerusalem symbolized the worldwide community of what group of people? And you can also look in Revelation chapter 21, the last book of the New Testament, 21, 27, verse 27. So that's, that's, that should open up... Uh, uh, some discussion for us as well. Let me give you another qu- question now from uh, Psalm 88. Psalm 88 is a little bit of a unique psalm. Uh, it is one of the few psalms that we have in, in the uh, Hebrew Scriptures. Maybe Jacob will disagree with me this. I'm not oh, sure. I, I doubt that. Psalm I, I rarely 80- disagree. <laughs> psalm 88 is one. You know, that's true. We don't often, often actually disagree. We just have a hard time bringing our points of view into, into. Did a, you say clarity? Clarity. Ah, yeah, into, clarity. into harmony. Ah. It, it, so, so there's a mutual understanding of them. Sometimes I, I think one of the big problems between uh, Jewish and and, and uh, uh, well, I say Jewish. It, it's my contention that even we followers of Jesus. That we are Jewish, we've been grafted into Israel. You know, we're. Well, but, but, and we're so glad to have you. One of the, now, if you will just obey what we tell you, <laughs> that's the idea. And we, yeah. we, I think we've got a lot to learn from each other. In fact, uh-huh. and and uh, that that's a great thing. Psalm eighty-eight is one of the few psalms that lacks what? What is it that's lacking in Psalm eighty-eight? And I don't know if you like the way I asked the question, oh, that's uh, okay. but that's you can okay. you can give it a shot. Yeah, okay. Give us a call. Now we're going to take some questions from. Second Chronicles in just a moment, but right now we have, we a, have special guest. a very special guest on the line with us. <clears throat> How old is this young man? Uh, he is nine. 
It's a nine-year-old young man from Arizona. His name is Tavin. Uh, we've met before. Hi, Tavin. How are you tonight? Hey, Tavin. This, this are you is, there, Tavin? Tavin, hello. Hello. Yeah. There Hi, he is. There yeah, he is. Tavin. This is Soapy. Good to see you, kiddo. I don't see you, actually. Good to hear you. <laughs> uh, Tavin, and this is Grandpa. Okay. You, okay, yes. there you go. What What's going on over there in Arizona? What are you guys... Uh, hi, Grandpa. Hi, Grandpa. Uh, hi, Tavin. Uh, what's What's the weather like and all that? You had a lot of rain, or has it been pretty dry and okay. hot? What's the deal over there? How are you in, in Arizona, Tavin? How are you doing? Okay. Okay. Uh, Can you got, hear me, uh-huh. Tavin? Tavin. Wait, are we on the radio? Yes, yes, we're on the radio, Tavin. Well, maybe he, if Grandpa talked to him, he'd... Yes. Okay. Tavin, are you there? Yes. Okay, listen. I, uh, there so, is a reason we have Tavin on the there air is. tonight, there is, of course. Tavin, today is a pretty special day in history in the Bible, isn't it? Yes. And tell me a little bit, what's the name of this day? Uh, Shavuot. Very good. Shavuot, is that, uh, do I say it right? Sh- Shavuot. Shavuot. Uh-huh. And Tavin, what happened on this day? Um, the day the Jewish people received the Torah, uh, or the Ten Commandments. Uh-huh. And where did that happen at? Mount Sinai. Very good. You're a very smart little boy. He said Sinai, like I say Sinai. Yes, well, yes you do. And it's, uh, and, <laughs> and by the way. We talked about that. Uh, Grandpa prefers it be called Sinai or something like no, that. No, but Sinai okay. is all right, I guess. No, right? Sinai is great. Right. Hey, listen, Tab. Well, how, how long ago was that from right now? Um, 3,328 years ago. Excellent. You're doing very well. 3,328 years ago. Yes. Very good, Tav. Hey, and Tavin, how many people were at Mount Sinai and actually heard God speak? 2 million to 3 million people. Excellent. See, a lot of people, Tavin, that's right. A lot of people think it's in the movie from you know Moses where God's <laughs> talking. But actually, if you look in the Bible, all the people heard him. And so they all got it. Now, there's a difference of opinion of how many commandments they heard, but they heard him. Now, and I got I want to tell something about Tavin, if I may, Soapy. Certainly. Tavin. Certainly. Uh, yes, you may. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Tavin. <laughs> uh, listen, Tavin goes to, of course, a Jewish school. And uh, he, uh, he had his, they just finished for the summer, and he'll be going into fourth grade. But... Only a couple of kids in the class got an A in Hebrew. He's one of them, and get this, he got the highest grade in the entire class in this Hebrew class. Hey, right. Good deal. Let's see. Let's give him a... There you go! <laughs> Yay, Tavin. Good good going, man. It, it, does that mean... That we're talking about Hebrew. <laughs> we're talking about Hebrew language. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. That was a shofar, right? Uh, well, yeah. We'll just say it was a shofar driving the Shabbat. There you go. Uh, all right. <laughs> but anyway, so Tab, um, you'll be going into fourth grade, isn't that right? Yes. And you're going to have. Uh, wait, wait! Don't talk. Don't to go away else. now. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Tavin. Now. Yeah. You and uh, you are you. Of course, you. Have English classes and Hebrew classes in the school, correct? Yes, I have both classes. Yes, uh-huh. and uh, and I'm correct. You actually got the highest grade in the Hebrew class, right? Yep. Yep. And you got a brand new. What did you get? Brand new. Um, 
the actual new Apple computer because I needed it for school in fourth grade. Oh, where did you go? And I was going to say bicycle, but I guess I'm old school, right? Yeah, well, and actually, he's uh, and on that computer will have both English and Hebrew. You are you telling me, yes. Tavin, that you actually there's an app that will make it so I can have Hebrew too. That's yeah. amazing. You actually are studying the Hebrew language, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, right? yeah, Tavin. Sophie asked you, you're actually taking and studying Hebrew too, right? Of course, of course. Okay, but wait a minute, Tavin. Look, you know, yep. I'm just, a, I'm just an ignorant old pa- Apache Indian here, oh, and I want to know. Boy, what like he's not that ignorant. Uh, okay, now, are, are when you study Hebrew, are you studying? Is it is it kind of like Greek in the sense that uh, you're is one, that what? Something? Oh, come on, give me a break here. Uh, is it studying like old Hebrew, biblical Hebrew, or is it uh-huh. modern Hebrew? Or is it the same thing? Hello. Hey, Tav. I hear the crickets. Uh, Okay, Tav. Do you understand my question? Yeah, sure, sure. Tav, in your class, you actually uh, have a rabbi comes and you do the biblical Hebrew, right? Yeah. Yeah. He says, but yeah. is is Hebrew a dead language in the sense of they don't nobody speaks Hebrew today? I also oh, yeah. have Jewish studies, not just Hebrew. It's not all in one class. Uh-huh. Um, you're, you're, you're learning, Tavin. You also somebody wants to know is not only are you learning to do the Bible, but you're actually because in Israel they speak Hebrew, so you're learning actually how to uh, talk in modern Hebrew, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of interesting to me because is there a great difference? I would assume there's a huge difference between biblical Hebrew, Old Testament. I mean, I mean, language changes and evolves over centuries in time. It would would the Bible would biblical Hebrew of the scriptures would it be a lot different from current Hebrew that's spoken, let's say, on the streets of Tel Aviv or Jerusalem today? Well, Tav, do you want to answer that, or do you want me to? Um, answer what? The question that Sophie just asked you. He asked you, is biblical Hebrew Tavin different? Tavin doesn't hear me. Yeah. Well, um, uh, well, it could be because I turned on yours. <laughs> no, but uh, anyway. Right. Hey, Tavin, so Sophie is asking you, is the biblical Hebrew different than what's spoken on the streets of Israel these days? Um, yes. Yes. And uh, do, have you been to explain to you why? Um, why? Maybe Grandpa knows. Well, here, let me suggest this. The biblical Hebrew, of course, is you know thousands of years old. But with mo- the modern world, for example, if you go to, there is no Coca-Cola in the Bible. <laughs> right. And so you're going to say, hey, I need a Coca-Cola, but they'll spell that in Hebrew letters. Okay. And so, but you learn the languages to communicate with. And actually, Hebrew is a, actually originally... Biblically, a very small language. So they've added a lot of words, but they still use the Hebrew letters, but they would be like English sounding words. Well, it still has. Um, and also, I do know the difference. Okay, lay it on. Me. Oh, what is the difference? Um, the difference between. Wait, what is it again? I'm sorry. Biblical Hebrew from the Old Testament, the, the text of the these documents written hundreds, thousands of years ago, and modern, current Hebrew that's spoken on the streets of Jerusalem today. Are, are those two different languages, or are they essentially the same? I would expect that the grammar and the vocabulary has changed a bit over the thousands of years, but do, do they 
is the voca- is the grammar still the the grammatical rules are they still the same from ancient Hebrew um, to current Hebrew? Yes, they. Um, yeah, yeah, he's correct. Alan's okay. correct. So uh, phonetically, the letters sound the same. Okay. And the uh, punctuation, that's the same. So the only thing it's added is the richness has expanded because of the of modern world. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's pretty amazing, actually. I'm kind of jealous of you, Tavin. I'm, I'm, uh, I took Hebrew when I was in uh, in seminary at Bible school. I took Hebrew, and I, I made good grades in it, but I can't say I speak Hebrew or I'm an expert or read Hebrew. I, I'm really jealous of you. That's a great accomplishment. It really is. Hey, Tav, tell, uh, yeah. t- tell us. Uh, we're we're going to have to let you go. But thank you for calling, and remember, today is Shavuot, when the Ten Commandments were given. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. And Tavin, say goodbye to the audience that's listening, your grandpa, and Soaping, (laughs) say goodbye in Hebrew. Okay. Shalom, goodbye. Shalom, goodbye. Have a good Shalom. Okay. Hey, I even got that one. How about that? All right. Hey, thank you for calling. Go ahead, Tavin. Something? Kavuot. Kavuot. Okay. Um, Okay. Right. Well, shalom. Bye. Shalom. Have, have a good, a good time. have a good Sunday. Have a good time. With day is today. Have a good time with your new computer. Okay. Uh, I love you, Tab. Talk to you later. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank great. you, Soapy, for letting him. Do oh it. man, that's a thrill. I love talking to Tab, and he's uh, uh, it's a very interesting uh, experience and a uh, great, great kiddo. We've uh, we've talked before uh, here on the radio, and of course I've. Uh, been able to talk with him maybe a few times on the phone as well. Great kid, in spite of his grandpa. He's just turning out to be. But, a great but he's kid. tremendously handsome, and he does take after his grandpa. <laughs> That's for sure. Charming personality, winning way, <clears throat> carries winning a great ways, there we are. That just finished out our first segment of the program tonight. Perfectly. Uh, uh, Tavin's got a good sense of radio, too. He came in and segued out. That's great. We're going to go away for just a couple of minutes to let you hear from some of our program supporters and sponsors. Uh, this is the Bible Live Quiz Show. We're reading and asking you questions tonight from the book of Second Chronicles in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, the Tanakh. And we're inviting you to give us a call and answer those questions. 340-9585. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. 
Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work and we had got our oil done before, it could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Hi, this is John MacArthur, Bible teacher on Grace to You. What's the biggest mistake when it comes to how we think about the Bible these days? Is it that we take Scripture too seriously or not seriously enough? Uh, I believe God's Word deserves and demands deep, careful thought and intensive study. I invite you to join me weekday mornings at 9.30 here on The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. Grace to You, unleashing God's truth one verse at a time. The KSLR app for your mobile device. It's like having the entire radio station in the palm of your hand, wherever and whenever you want. Download it today at KSLR.com. That's KSLR.com. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. This is the Bible Live, the quiz show. We're asking you questions from the Bible, giving you a chance to call in 340-9585, answer questions and uh, ask questions as well, all things biblical. That's our objective is to help you uh, understand and get to know uh, this book of books, not uh, not our thoughts or comments, but actually the Bible itself, going straight to the Scriptures, allowing you to uh, call, ask, answer. And uh, this, uh, this is an amazing book that God has given to us to reveal things about himself, about us, about his redemptive plan. Uh, so many great, great, wonderful answers that make a difference in our lives. Well, let's go to Second Chronicles, chapters 19 through chapter 36. Yes. Jacob has what, three or four questions? I have. I, I got eight, but we're only going to do three or four. Okay, do three or four. And I picked, I've been trying to pick, because I know a lot of this can be kind of tough and boring and, and that kind of stuff, but I've picked the, the really dramatic ones. How about that? That's pretty cool. Okay, let's start off with your number one. All right. See it? Uh, king Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. You mean there really was a king named Jehoshaphat? Oh, yeah, man. He was, And he was a thin guy. What? Jumping Jehoshaphat. He said, the, the producer John said, yeah. Jumping Jehoshaphat. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah yes, Jumping uh, Jehoshaphat. Okay. That's where it and comes from. And his name is John, if anybody would like to respond <laughs> yes, to him. Yes, exactly. Anyway. He lives at, no, never mind. I yeah. guess we won't King uh, Jehoshaphat appointed judges and told them they should not seek to please the people, but to please who? Answer, 
19.6. And we're uh, talking about judges, right? Uh, yes, we are. Now, Can... now, if somebody answers that question, we uh, we can actually tie this into a very, 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 did I say very, happy passage out of the New Testament books of Matthew, and you're going to love it. Okay, so yeah, let's give me that passage. Okay. Matthew what? Well, it's going to be chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. Okay. And this is the idea, and we're going to learn exactly what that means. You know how a lot of people like to criticize Christians, right? Of course. You've heard of this. Even Christians like to criticize Christians. Yeah, but I'm talking about like the outside guys. Okay, all right. They come after Christians. All right. And what are they all? What's the primary thing? They always like to say, hey, judge not unless you be judged, right? Mm -hmm. Uh Yes. Well, we're going to explain from 7, verse 1 and Mm 2 of Matthew what this means from this thing right here because it's going to tell us. We actually are supposed to be discerning and discriminating. I mean, we're to discriminate between truth and lie, uh, false, yeah. and good but, and evil. Yeah, you know, and it's, but it's so fascinating that people that like to attack Christians say, I, oh, judge not. Let's yeah, yeah, judge. it's okay. a very popular but, thing But this do. is actually the explanation and the Jewish understanding of what it means to Well, judge. also it's very timely because uh, in our presidential politics right now, yes. one of the biggest considerations between the two candidates, uh, Donald Trump and, and uh, Hillary Clinton, is that this next, whoever the next president is, uh, or is not, or is not, or whoever he is, though, is going to probably be able to appoint at least a couple, oh. maybe three or four judges. Oh, go get So, what I'm something. saying is that yeah. this, what God says about judges and how we, maybe we should take that, in, that becomes part of our thinking today as well. Uh, God's plan and God's will for judges uh-huh. uh, in the society and right. over people. Hey, that's a great. That's a oh, great. Thank you. I get, every now and then, I, even a blind dog. What's it? Blind hog comes in with an acorn, gets an acorn every uh, now and then. Yeah, you got a hand on that. Uh, I'll, I'll get better at that. Anyway, let's do it. What's your next question? question? Okay, so the first one you're going to find the answer in Second uh, Chronicles. Everything's from Second Chronicles nineteen six. This next question is: mm-hmm. There's a really dramatic story that takes place in there. Okay, and. Um, uh, when uh, Jehoram became king, what six members of his family did he murder? Mm-hmm. Answer, 21, verses 2 and 4. Let uh, me ask you a question. Jehoram, whose son was Jehoram? Uh, see, he was, uh, I've got to, actually got a note on that. Uh, he was, uh, well, I know who his wife was. He is uh, actually... Uh, you know, I'd have to look it up. I is he Jehoshaphat's son? Uh, you know, I think he is. Yes, that is correct. You're right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that, that that figures into a question I have um, that we'll come to in a little bit. Um, uh, because he, <clears throat> Jehoram, is a very, I mean, he's a little bit of a confu- confusing figure for me in the sense that Jehoshaphat is considered to be a, a godly, good king, Right. And then Jehoram comes along, and he's not particularly godly well, or good. Well, that's the story of the kings. That's why this is written down. Now, this is but he the, seems to be trying to get uh, Israel in the north and uh, Judah in the south to kind of reunite or reconcile them. Is that kind of a was that kind of something all the kings kind of aspired to? Well, some yes. Oh, okay. Okay, but now let's go into another question. Sure. These are two that. or three questions that are going to fit together to tell the dramatic story of a very very uh, unpleasant lady. Okay. Okay. You're no. I just said the uh, the answer in that one was going to be in twenty one, two and four. Now, which 
prophet told Jehoram that he would die of a severe intestinal disease? Answer is in 21.12. Which of the prophets, and I was uh, I was talking this morning to some of the basic trainees uh, down at Lackland, and and, and our, what we call our Alpha class, it's the these guys just arrived from all over the United States. About uh, 800 of them came to report in to begin their basic training at Lackland, and we got we got 400 of them coming to our classes this morning. Half half of those who entering in the Air Force this past week came to our our, our first class, and we started. To, and I was teaching a class today, and I was talking to them about a little bit about the Bible because uh, Jacob, some of them. Some of them know something about the Bible, you know, they're in their hometowns and churches and back in their home state, you know, in their families, they learned about the Bible and so on and so on. But many of them, maybe a third to a half of them, don't really know anything at all about the Bible, don't have one, never read one. Do you make them hold up their hands and identify themselves? We we do sometimes ask them of that question, and they, they do. They self-identify that, you know, I really don't know a lot about it. So I gave them a little bit of a, a, a survey, a quick review of the Scriptures, the Old Testament, from beginning to end, and uh, and I mentioned to these prophets, <clears throat> Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, Amos, Obadiah, Micah, Nahum, you know Habakkuk, and so on, uh, how that they were they were very courageous men uh, who often had at great peril to their own lives had to stand up against the authority, against a king, uh, and say, you know, you're disobeying God, your your judgment has been pronounced against you. Uh, they. These these uh, these prophets were amazing collection of men and women, and here you have a, a prophet who told King Jehoram to his face that you're going to die of severe intestinal disease, and uh, and what we're asking you now is what which prophet was that who told Jehoram that he would die of a severe intestinal disease? You'll find the answer in Second Chronicles twenty one verse twelve. Okay, let's go on to the next one because see, the, I got two or three questions, and it's going to get into the lady that's not a nice lady. Okay, all right, all right. So, uh, you're number eight. Okay, you yeah, you're going right down the okay. line here, aren't you? Well, there's two or three together. Then okay, this is our old friend Jehu, Jehu here. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. The Je- wild man. Jehu killed Ahaziah. How do you say it in English? Ahaziah or okay. Ahaziah. Same, 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 like guy, said, same yeah. guy. Son of Jehoram. Jehoram. And now we remember something's happening to Jehoram. Jehoram. And then he's got a son. And he, and he but Jehu kills him. So, so in retribution, uh-huh. revenge. Go ahead. You take the question. Go ahead. Athaliah killed Ahaziah's children, uh-huh. her own grandchildren. Yes. And became queen of Judah, the only queen, I guess, that Israel ever had, or I don't know how y'all view her, queen of Judah for six years. What one son of Ahaziah survived? One of the children survived. And where where do they find the answer? Chapter 22, verses 10 through 12. Yes. Now, what we've got so far is that there's a very interesting thing that's taking place. Yes, it is. And so what happens is uh, uh, Jehoram. He does some not so good stuff. He dies. Now remember, Jehoram is the king of Judah in the, uh, uh, the yeah. south. Yeah. yeah, but and he dies, mm-hmm. and somebody told him you're going to die. And then there's another. There's the son uh, was killed by this guy named Jehu. And then, uh, and how do you pronounce it? Athaliah. 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 Okay. Athaliah. Athaliah is a liar. 
Okay. She's a liar. Okay, well, okay. That's, that's a liar. Okay. We'll use your pronunciation. <laughs> so, anyway, then she killed her own grandchildren. <laughs> Man, that's... And then she became queen of Judah for six years. Now, now we get this picture. And when we find out, and I know you know this already, whose daughter, it's not one of your questions, but yeah. whose, whose daughter is she? Whose daughter is Athaliah? Yes. Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, come on, lay it on us, because uh, it's, not, it's not one of your questions. Uh, yeah, it's Ahab and Jezebel. Ah, Jezebel and Ahab's daughter. Who were king and queen, yeah, wicked king and queen of uh, Israel in the north. Yeah, and Mount Carmel and all that business. <coughs> so this is the daughter. So they're trying to consolidate their power over the whole Israel and Judah right. in the south as the, well. The goal of all the nations have always been to conquer Israel and and make sure that there never would be a Messiah. Right. <laughs> and That's right. And, that, uh, well, okay. but of course, they were fighting against God on that one. So anyway. Okay. But, they, you know, they tried. Okay. Anyway. who? Oh, I want you to ask the no, next one. To me, the next question is really astounding when you realize this is why I said they're fighting against God. Okay, actually, I have that one, not marked. Okay. Do you? Okay, yes. go with number nine. Okay, number nine. Who saved? Don't Joab? give that name away, though, because in that one of the questions we've asked, who saved that? We said that one son of Ahaziah survived, and we ask you his name. Uh-huh. Who saved that child, and what was her relationship uh-huh. It is a she. Yes. What was her relationship to that child? Mm-hmm. And it's actually another daughter. It's it's her. The son who died was Ahaziah. Okay, and uh, and his uh, well, the woman that saved has some relationship to him and to. His mother, who Athaliah. killed her own children. Athaliah, yeah. So, to me, it's now, so amazing. Let's start, see, we start putting the story together. We say, wait a minute. A lot of these people we've been reading about in these chronicles and prophets, wait a minute. These people were Jewish. That's these right. people came from Edom and other places. They meant to destroy the line of David. Yes. Uh, Jezebel was the daughter of the king and the high priest of uh, Asherah, uh-huh. the false god of Asherah, yeah, up right. in, uh, in in Phoenicia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, Tyre and Sidon, those two cities up there. So she was definitely uh, uh, Ahab married her, mm-hmm. and she was in there to from the very beginning right. to destroy Israel right. and take the power. Yes. Uh, and she accomplished that and, and she through her a, daughter Athaliah. Yeah, and I will tell you this: <laughs> that uh, when you say Athaliah, um, the she is sometimes it refers to her as the granddaughter of Omri, but she is. The daughter of Ahab. And that's a very interesting twist. I'm going to tell okay. you there are two major schools of twist on that. There may have been that she's following theologically her by her her grandfather, who was a tremendous idol worshiper. Omri or Omri, yeah. Okay. Or incest. Ah. So mm. now. And actually there's a couple Which would things. also have been quite evil. <laughs> of well, course. Yeah. So, but so, because it actually refers to her as being both, and it's trying to tell us something. And actually, that does occur back in some of the genealogies of Esau. You'll, you'll read and you read the genealogy, it seems so boring. Uh-huh. You're reading about actually incest and who really was the father of who. And, but you don't catch it unless you really want to study that. Yeah. Okay, so. <clears throat> I'm still not surprised by it, even if I didn't catch it. <laughs> I okay. mean, it seems like. So, the, okay, but what we got here in summary is we have 
Oh, Jezebel and Ahab. They have a daughter. She gets married to somebody, right? Her daughter is Athaliah. We've already given that away. Yeah. And she has a son. Uh-huh. Now watch what's happening. She has a son. He gets killed by Jehu. She then kills six of her own grandchildren, who were the children of who? But that son uh, also marries into the 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 Judah uh, uh, dynasty, the Judah royal line. Down there. Uh, yes. In other words, that's, somehow they creep into that uh, ancestry, into that lineage as well right. by intermarriage. And they're beginning to try to take over. And like and like you said, they kill all but one of these children from that lineage. And that one child keeps the Davidic lineage intact. And you see, the same story happens again even when you read in the book of Daniel. As it says, that, uh, when Babylon conquered Daniel, or uh, Judah, they took a lot of, they killed most of the line of the princes of the tribe of, or the lineage of David. Oh, is they, that right? Yes, mm. and they took them. Those three guys... That you that you know as uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yeah, uh, Hananiah, Azariah, and uh, and Daniel, and Belshazzar. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's their Hebrew names, the others are their slave names, which is uh-huh. fine. But anyway, the point is, what did they do with those people? A lot of people don't realize it actually says that Daniel and those guys were castrated. They castrated them. So you, they killed some castrated others. Why? Because they're trying to cap and end the line of David. They understand, I suppose. Is it, was it, did it become common knowledge that <clears throat> among the Jews, excuse me, they believe that a great king is going to come from the lineage of David? And was that common knowledge so that other people would want to cut off that lineage? Sure. All right. I, I, that was common knowledge of the, even yeah, that era. They, yeah, they knew sure, each other's. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah. It's and that all, was a common thing about the people of Israel sure. is that they looked forward to a Messiah. A they, they did, yes. Huh? Just, oh, right. And so, so that always hmm. seems to be goal. If you want to talk of it physically, it'll be physical. If you want to talk of it spiritually, so be it. But they always seem to have, and what we got here, we got this Athiah. Athaliah. How do you pronounce it? Athaliah is the way I've always okay. said it. But. I, I say it differently, but that's okay. So, um, so at any rate, so um, she is the daughter of Jezebel. So we got this corrupt line coming in, and then she ends up, her son gets killed, and then she kills her own grandchildren. And so she is trying to run everything. She's getting rid. What you're looking at is the attempt, another attempt, to absolutely end the line of David. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating. Now, one last question. Okay. And then we'll start. And, and then people can call in if they'll be so kind. As uh, who, uh, you're 10. Who Number or, 10. Who organized and carried out the successful rebellion to remove Athaliah? Athaliah. Athaliah. <laughs> I, I see, Athaliah is how you say it, right? Yeah. And, and, and I don't even speak Hebrew. I mean, really. Well, I think we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Tavin can tell. He knows. Okay. Anyway, so uh, let's go. Okay, so that's the last one. So what we got is we got her son getting killed. She ends up killing her own grandkids. And then she, and then somebody who's related to both her and uh, uh, the uh, the other guy, her son that got killed. Uh-huh. And she then gets confronted with the one child that that family member saved, and he is an existing line of David, and he becomes the king. 
What a story. Oh, gosh. And every detail of the story is so interesting. That's why I ask, who is the woman? There's this woman that saves... Uh, this young boy's life, uh-huh. this uh, the, the the one is saved from this slaughter, uh, and not only, of course her husband is important um, because her husband is the is the answer to the next question number ten, but this woman is so ah, interesting. That's right. Yes, this woman is so interesting to me because she is also related to Athaliah. Isn't it interesting how God uses even. Well, I mean, he just uses, he, he can use, it's it's so amazing to me how well, now you see why, uses though, people to accomplish his objectives. These three or four questions, I'm trying to put what appears to be, a, can be tedious and perhaps boring to yeah. some folks, the chronicle stuff. But if you put together these questions, we start not seeing, boring at all. Well, we start seeing the story. And when you start seeing the story, it suddenly becomes dramatic and interesting. Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, what is, the, there's some program on now, I, I don't know it really well, but Game of Thrones or something that talks about the intrigue of royalty and this king and this queen. Game of, well, they, they cannot possibly improve upon, if somebody put the whole testament, the, the, the Game of Thrones here from the book of Second Chronicles, if you put that into a, a kind of a dramatic uh, presentation of a movie, it would be phenomenal. I mean... It's got it's got drama. It's got intrigue. It's got uh, and it's got heroes, and, and you see God's hand working in the background. Wow. Uh, it's it really is a phenomenal. Uh, this is a it's a dark chapter. I guess it's seen as a dark chapter in the history of Israel. But on the other hand, it's it shows the power of God even to. It's like Egypt. You know, when they went down into Egypt, you have the the Egyptian Pharaoh and so. On, but God shows that He is more powerful even than his enemies, that he, he can use even his enemies to accomplish his objectives. You know, and that's interesting. That's you, what we you, have you here. You focus on that. And I tend to pick up the, and focus on the idea of the attempts of the nations to destroy the line of David. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly what you're saying is correct. But I also look at look at the attempts, and of course I relate it to uh, over and over again, over yeah. and over again. There seems to be some great, and we can call it spiritual if you like, uh-huh. but there seems to be uh, uh, some great effort to end the line of David, to make sure there's no male descent, a king, also to destroy the land of Israel. And I know there's issues with Christians. Oh, you don't need a land of Israel. The, the, by the no, way, no, those guys, those guys are wrong. Because if the land of Israel comes, there cannot be the return of the Messiah. Anyway, but the point is the effort always seems to be throughout history to get rid of the line of David, the nation of Israel, and the land of Israel. And that has always fascinated me. Now, it's, it's one of the great stories of the Bible. The Scriptures is God's promise and how God m- moves in time and space and history to make his will and of course, how the enemy—the enemy—we're uh, talking about our spiritual enemy, Satan himself, or go, those who resist God, other peoples, other kings, other empires—how they resist God and try, reject God and try to uh, hamper, uh, keep God's will from being done. I, it is. There's nothing like it. I and mean, I, the, I, you know, I was talking with this. somebody today, and we discussed uh, something about the land of Israel. Do you realize? And this is sad on all points, but and especially with the uh, the uh, people who were killed down in Orlando yesterday. Oh, yeah. And and I've noticed that a lot of these and a lot of people don't catch this. Maybe Jews do, but a lot of things like the Iran treaty, Iran treaty that was signed with America, it always occurs on Jewish holidays, like it occurred the first uh, the announcement occurred on 
uh, Rosh Hashanah, it was actually signed on Yom Kippur. Now, this thing yesterday was actually, because, you know, the, in the Bible, the Jewish day start at sunset. Uh-huh. This guy goes and kills all these people on Shavuot, or, or what you would call Pentecost. Uh-huh. Now, what's even and, of course, it's during, even for Muslims, it's during uh, Ramadan. Ramadan, of course, there is, I understand, some teaching that this is a good month for them to be a martyr. But anyway, uh, also, but let's think about this. Had there been the land of Israel, and I was talking to somebody about this today, mm-hmm. at the time of World War II, do you realize all those Jews wouldn't have died? You know why? They had had a homeland to go to. And so the whole, let's start putting this in context of the story we're looking at right here. Uh-huh. If the land of Israel didn't exist, and we're headed back towards a lot of anti-Semitism, a lot of anti-Jews. It seems like it, yeah. So, but this time the Jews have their own land. And this time, it will not happen again. And, of course, they're also well-armed. But besides <laughs> that, if that land had existed, all those people wouldn't have died. So everybody, it seems, if you want to talk about the story here we're reading in Chronicles, and you want to apply it to these concepts since World War II, it does seem there's a great effort to destroy, of course, the Israel, the land. And, of course, the nation. Now, I know probably from many people's perspective that say, well, you know, Jesus, our Messiah, already got here. Well, but you, you, maybe you haven't really caught all this, and I'm going to suggest, and I'm on pretty comfortable ground, uh-huh. that even from a Christian perspective, if Jesus is the Messiah, he must come to the land of Israel. If you let it go, yeah. you're participating in destroying and working yeah. with some bad guys to make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah, his feet are come down uh, to come. Oh. They say what on a, on a, what's the Mount Olive? A Mount of Olives there outside so of Jerusalem. It's got to be there. Also, this third <clears throat> temple, it has to be there. A third temple can't have. Mm-hmm. There's several lines in Zechariah, Ezekiel that absolutely say this must take place there. It couldn't have taken place for a period of 2,000 years because they didn't have the land of Israel. In fact, they technically haven't had the land of Israel since Babylon because they always had other countries right. controlling it. Right. So if it isn't, you forfeit, from my religious perspective, even in a Christian. So thought, this thing that took place in 1948 and the reestablishment. Uh, yeah. and so on. Start putting that in the context of what we're looking at here. Let's say it, if you want to say spiritual, mystical, whatever you want to say religiously. Mm-hmm. But if you start putting that in context, you realize there's something going on here. They don't want a pretty amazing, that yeah. to be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you have the answer to any of these questions, you'd like to uh, kind of give us an answer or talk about these things. Uh, this is 340-9585. That's uh, the Bible Live Quiz Show. We'd love to take your call and uh, hear what you have to say about these, this particular time, these particular questions we're asking from the book of Second Chronicles, or, <clears throat> excuse me, you have your own thoughts, your own questions, your own comments, and then you are certainly free to call with those again uh, uh, as well. 340-9585. While we're waiting, Jacob, let me, I'm going to, uh, do Please. we have someone? No, I don't know. When we, uh, let me ask you this. I've had a few calls this week about, about this thing uh, in Jerusalem, this uh uh, you know, homosexual parades and so on, and sponsored by the Israelite government and so on. And and I, I was kind of wondering, did that register with you? What does what do, you know, sincere uh, Jewish believers what do, when they see those kind of things happen in the land of Israel, and does it cause you as much concern even as as we might feel? Uh, well. Yes, I'm sure this is not new to you, right? You had heard. Well, I I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I, 
you know, look, it's just a, from a biblical perspective, it's, it's a sin like any other sin. Now, are there people that absolutely, and I see a lot of those people that came over there are international people that True, come. yes, yes. So they're not. Well, in fact, that's part of the criticism is that the, uh, if I remember yes. correctly, the Jewish government actually paid for some of the flights and the, sure. the trip to bring people into. And, and so everybody has the right to choose their own lifestyle, even if I don't agree, even if uh-huh. it doesn't agree with the Bible. They have that choice. And, of course, whatever comes from it is going to be their situation, not mine. I didn't cause it. But from a religious point of view, it absolutely is forbidden. But, but the idea of the, of the Jewish government actually being a part of the sponsorship and supporting financially, bringing in, uh, bringing in, producing flights to bring people into it and so on, did it cause you any concern at all as a Jewish? Well, I, I hadn't heard that they were sponsoring me. I guess that's what's throwing me off. Well, it, yeah, it was definitely a Jewish, uh, the government-sponsored event. They contributed to it uh, and facilitated it yeah, as, a gov- as part of the government. Well, I'll have to check that out. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was just wondering how you had seen that. We'll be right back, folks. 340-9585. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Well, you we are back. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. That's the call in line for the Bible Live and Quiz back. Show. I'm back too. And Jacob's back. Soapy's back. We're all here waiting on your call. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. A lot of our questions tonight, at least for those from Chronicles, have to do with uh, this this uh, series of kings and queens during a very very difficult, uh, delicate time in the history of Israel. It's a time when uh, now. We're learning about it from the book of uh, uh, of the Chronicles, written by Ezra, and he's make, he's laying out very clear for us this this moment. It was a very dangerous uh, moment for the people of Israel because uh, there was this sequence of events where uh, Ahab and Jezebel, beginning with them, there was a threat to the Davidic lineage and the Davidic line, whether the Messianic lineage and so on, but actually just an attempt to destroy uh, destroy the people of Israel, destroy the nation uh, through interrupting this Davidic uh, royal lineage. And so uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. It's a very delicate moment in the history. But right now, let's go to our phone lines. I believe it is Bob. Bob. It is Bob. Who is <laughs> I- Hey, Bob, good Hi, to talk with you. Good to hear your voice tonight. What's going on? Can you hear me? Sure. Loud yeah. and clear. You sound yeah, great. Soapy's working the buttons. We all can hear you. Loud and clear. You sound better <laughs> okay. than we do. Uh, thanks for uh, letting me come on the air. Uh, I, I found the uh, conversation uh, stimulating. Good. And uh, I, I would maybe take it. Uh, you all have talked a little bit about Hebrew tonight, and I, uh, we just lost a sister. uh, uh her name was Carolyn on uh, Shabbat uh, in the morning, and uh, but uh, uh, when I went to Sukkot at Garner State Park a couple of years ago, uh-huh. about a year and a half ago, uh, there was only one person. She she passed to a pretty aggressive cancer, uh, sadly, 
but uh, there was only one person out of about 250 who were there uh, who uh, had her nose in a concordance. And also, uh, we had a little home Hebrew class uh, a couple of years ago, and she was a regular attendee. But uh, the part of the uh, idea of uh, if you do away with Israel, if you do away with the Jews, Mashiach cannot return. Uh, another part of that is the Hebrew language itself, because it, Hebrew was a dead language, and then thanks to uh, Zionism, which uh, emerged in the, the late 19th century, uh, it that's, wasn't that's the late 1800s, clear that right? Hebrew was going to be a, a point of emphasis, but uh, in the Congresses, eventually it, it gained primacy that uh, Hebrew would be a uniting factor. Because a lot, all the Jews didn't want to go back to uh, to, the, to the land to make Aliyah. Most of the European Jews and American Jews wanted to, they were pretty comfortable and somewhat secularized, but they were very concerned about the Eastern European uh, uh, aggressive uh, tragedies that were happening there and atrocities, and they wanted to make a home for the Jews. But uh, the, the thing about the Hebrew language is the name... Yod Hey Vav Hey is in Hebrew, and if you can do away with the Hebrew language, which was, I think, uh, 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 an idea of uh, maybe the adversary, uh, then you do away with the name. If you do away with the name, you you do away with the the religion, because uh, Jew actually means Yahuda, uh, those who praise. Yah, Jehovah, yeah, uh, Yahweh. The praisers of Yah, those who throw the hand to praise Him. This is why Leah named this this uh, young boy Yehuda. So, uh, I would just I would just chime in and say it's 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 the land, and any time the the land is attacked, it's an affront to the name, and uh, mm. any time the Jews are attacked, it's an affront to the name, and uh, as I mentioned, Carolyn. Uh, with her nose a year and a half ago in that concordance, mm -hmm. if some of your listeners or you, you Soapy, or, 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 or uh, J Jacob, if you would look in the concordance and just look at the word name or look at the uh, um, look at the tetragrammaton and begin to uh, just just at random pull out the uh, 6,800 scriptures in which the name is used in the Tanakh. You can see the importance of that name, and it, uh, thanks to a few people, just a few people, and even even that one that one line, mm -hmm. that one son of David who who took the throne. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes you know his, you know his just name? a few people who are keeping it alive. You know his name, but, by the uh, way. You will answer one of our questions. Uh, still providential. You know his name, by the way. You would answer one of our questions if you do. What was the name of that young boy? I can't really hear you, by the way. What, oh, Maybe I'll oh, just sorry. listen on the radio. What was the name of that young boy that was saved? All right. He, I guess he doesn't hear me. He's listening to the radio. Great thought. Not only the enemies of God, the enemies of God's people, they attack the people, the land, and the language even. Is that a – is that – I'm guessing that falls in line with – Well, here, here's the issue. And I really like what Bob was saying. I hope he can hear us. Uh, that could explain the problems with the phones. Yep. At any rate, uh, John, you know, uh, Bob's online. He says he can't hear us. So he, he's, he's listening on the radio. No, he's, he's listening, he's listening to on the us. radio. He couldn't he's hear it through the phone. He's listening on the radio, but he can't hear us on the phones. 
Anyway, so maybe there's a button here. So, uh, <laughs> so John or Bob, I mean. Anyway, so yeah, well, here's the idea. Listen, here, here's what really happens. If God made a covenant, if He said, "Hey, you guys are always going to be around as long as I'm around," well, if they're successful, if they're successful in wiping out the Jews, then there is no God, and then you. So you see what's really going on. It's a way uh, to get to God. Well, so I, it's, it's I, fascinating. I don't have a problem with that. I think most believers are. We kind of we get that sense as part of what we're told. Gentile believers is that part of what we're told about the Old Testament is that many times there were many attempts on the part of the enemy to wipe out this godly lineage, to wipe out the people of God. And some of them were subtle. Some of them were. Very dramatic, like in this, uh, you know, with Ahab and Jezebel, this particular attempt. Well, do you want me to be honest with you about what today is considered among the Jews to be one of the most, to them, foreboding and threatening item to go after the Jews? In, in today's time? In today's time. Uh, no, I don't know for sure, and I guess I would want you to be honest. <laughs> okay. Well, the answer to that is uh, synchronism or assimilation. Yeah. In other words, because now everybody wants them to convert to either Islam, Christianity. They, everybody wants them to do something different. See, they read the same book that you read. Sure. And they get the lessons out of it. Every time the Jews did this, because everybody, the Greeks believed in their gods, the Romans believed in their gods, and sincerely, they got temples all over the place, for goodness sakes. So they believe that. And every time the story that the Jews get out of this is every time they do it, things don't go so well. So they've got T-shirts that said, hey, been there, done that. I'm not falling into this trap again. Yeah. So well, I understand it. And I, in fact, is I admire it and I applaud it. But there is a and we've talked about this many times before. I think there is a there is a there's a major miscalculation. And the whole point is, is this misunderstanding, and I, I think even a lot of Gentile believers are ignorant of the fact that it's not up to Jews to convert to Christianity. It's the understanding that as believers and followers of Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, we've already converted to Judaism. We're, we're the ones who've been grafted in to Israel. We're the ones who are... We're built on the foundation of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and and the and David, and Solomon, and the in the and the Davidic lineage, and the Messiah. We're the ones that, and if we would get that in our brains, and if if our if our Jewish friends and uh, could understand that, you don't need to convert to anything else. It it is not uh, it's not converting to Christianity. It's just. Uh, we're the ones who've come across. We're the ones who've heard about the Jewish Messiah, yeah. and and we're the ones who've been. Well, may I show something really, really quick? I think that's important. Sure. That's an important thing it, for it our is. believers, and see, Christian believers, to understand. Okay, for example, you're familiar with, uh, for example, marriage. Marriage takes place in Genesis. Sure. Where do you get the idea of what ceremony to do when you bury somebody? Where did you get the idea of a headstone? What about a wedding ring? It's mentioned, but you don't know the details. I'm going to give you a couple of problems. It says you shall do the animal sacrifice in the customary method. That's what it says uh-huh. in the English. What customary method is not written down? <laughs> yeah. So somebody's got to tell you. Now I'm going to give you the thunderbolt. It says you shall circumcise your children. It never says what gets circumcised. Is it your little finger? So, see, these things. But every Christian in every Christian church would know what circumcision is. But how do you know that? Yeah. 
because the Jews knew that. So they'd write about us, but they'd write about what they know, and only because they orally passed it on is the people have learned what these things mean. Exactly, and it eventually uh, got written into Scripture at some stage, either through the prophets or through Ezra here and the Chronicles and so on and so on. Well, it it's... Um, well, it's we, a major thing, and it's a major, I think, misunderstanding of our era. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the one of the empty spaces in American understanding of the gospel. Generally speaking, our culture, uh, over the last hundred years, we've adopted certain viewpoints and certain theologies that really aren't haven't been healthy, and they've moved us away from the understanding of who we are. That, and we need to go back to the book. That's why we read the book, and why we not only the Tanakh, the Old Testament, but even the New Testament, Paul, the the Peter, the uh, Jesus, the Messiah Himself, constantly reminds us of the things that I just mentioned to you. That we, as as Gentile believers, we're the ones who've been grafted into into Judaism, into the people, into the the, the chosen people of God, into Israel, and we need to understand that that uh, it's not we and our and our Hebrew friends and neighbors and. If they could understand that, too, I think it would change their whole perspective and their response and perspective and their response to to Yeshua, to to Messiah. It's not our Messiah. It's we bought into your Messiah. It's it's Jehovah that we worship. It's your your book that we that we obey and and revere. It's your prophets that we read and, and try to obey. And it's your Messiah that we look to for redemption and salvation. Have you ever noticed? Mm. In, I just, uh, I, I'm so passionate about it. I love I, to see I, that turn I really around. Are, and I really appreciate and I admire that. I, I like that. The only thing is when people get relig- passionate about religion, yeah. if it leads them to hurt somebody, yeah, well, i.e. Islam, yeah. well, then it can cause what I consider to be insanity or madness. Yeah, uh, definitely you know, backlash. I was talking yeah. to somebody else uh, today. Yeah. And, I, and let's, let's be very honest about something. The guys that go out in America and do these mass killings are usually young, white males that, now listen, everybody's going to get upset. I'm going to work this out for this statement is done. The, but the, the phone two, number is There are two zero. groups. Yeah, there are two groups. They are insane, young, white males. Insane. The other group is Muslims, Islam. And I know many people from the... The, the other the Middle East that yeah. our Muslim religion, now, the people I found generally to be very nice, very kind. However, the the religion is insanity; it causes madness. Mm-hmm. So what I find the similarity between the two groups of people is you have young white insane males, or you have people that have been taught a group madness called Islam, mm-hmm. and, and a form of Islam in particular uh, that is. That there's an interpretation or a theological branch of Islam that that uh, that is very dangerous and it, it applauds these kind of killing and this kind of uh, uh, martyrdom and all that sort of thing. Now I heard on the uh, I heard on among the talk shows and so on uh, that there I heard interviewed uh, some Muslims who are now taking a stand and say this is insanity. This is this totally, totally and absolutely wrong, and we need to condemn this publicly. And you know, and so that uh, hopefully it would be great. And they're talking about the you know a, a reformed Islam that that you do away with these 
calls for uh, jihad and his martyrdom and killing and that that isn't part and so on and so on. I hope they win the day. I hope that they do, in fact, start taking a stand and create a backlash, even within Islam, among the Muslim people. You know, because one person I know very well that's a very religious, devoted Muslim. I asked him uh, over a couple times over the last year, how come we don't hear more of this uh, condemning or condemnation? The moderate Muslims, right? That idea? No, I don't, no, I don't think there is such a thing. But, okay, but that's but, not what they talk but, about. But, you know? Let me tell you what I asked him. Uh-huh. And I said, uh, why is it we don't hear more of it being condemned? And he says, because I have family over there. They will hear about me here. They'll go kill my family over there so I don't dare say something. And I said, that makes sense to me. Sure. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, I, I've, I've read about that as well. But uh, someone... Soon, I tell you, they need to take a stand and have the courage, evidently, with if it, within that that people. I mean, it's a huge population group of the world, uh, and uh, they're, they're catching up with Christians. Oh, without a doubt. Hey, let's go take uh, another Harold. call. Let's go to line two here. Harold is on the line. Hi, Harold. Harold, are you with Hello, us? Hello, Sophie Dollar. Good to hear from you tonight. Boy, I mean, the radio, the, the telephone line are coming in good and strong. Can you hear me, uh, Harold? Oh, yes, I can hear you just okay, fine. Okay, good. Uh, we were worried a while ago that uh, uh, our other caller was not able oh, to hear John, us. John said he fixed it. Okay, John fixed it. How about that? Well, well Harold, I mean, what's on your mind? You know, the everlasting arms. Well, I actually had heard uh, parts of Bob's story, and... Uh, a lady had passed away, and y'all are discussing dates and things. And um, I, this is something I had learned a while back, that's in my memory a little bit. And um, it was in the year 1822. There was a lady named Charlotte Elliott. Okay. And at the age of 45, she was she felt useless as a labor for God. Charlotte became sick and bedridden. And then one night, she was reading the Bible. And, and, and it's a true story, because you can look it up. Mm-hmm. And she came to John 6, 37. Charlotte, All what is her last name? just make it her. Elliot. What, what's Elliot. her last Elliot. name? Elliot. Elliot, okay. Charlotte Elliot. All right. And in uh, John chapter 6, verse 37, she read this to herself, I guess, one night. And it says, All that the Father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Turn aside, now, yeah. this she she sits down and she starts writing down the reasons for her faith in God. And with a pen and paper, of course, when she started writing down, she started writing down the song in a poem of that song, Just As I Am. She, she is the actual writer of that song. How about and that? And she did... Yes, and she did pass away in uh, 1871, but she did leave a rich legacy. And, you know, I've had people that passed away also, and so much on those headstones, the year they were born and the year that they passed away. But there is so much in between there. And I know Bob, with his case, he didn't have a chance because of here. But it just reminded me of this story, um, and, you know, People think that things have always been there, like the red letters in the Bible. They were not always there. That's about 90 years old. And it's people that make a difference. And Jacob's grandson? I mean, I've been to Temple Beth many, many, I've been for 10 years. 
And it's kind of overwhelming when you see a 13-year-old boy hold a complete service, speaking and talking Hebrew, read from the Torah, and read the English Hebrew. And Sophie, I was beginning to think that you understood only the old Hebrew. Because <laughs> you were asking him so many. As, uh, he's trying to get out of something. Well, I just pronounced the their names, Hebrew. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, that's all I got. And um, Wait, I just, Harold, 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 Harold. Can you hear, can you yes, hear me? Yes. Jacob's oh, got something for you. Hey, Harold, can you hear me? Uh-oh. Harold, Open can you hear English. me? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we need an answer. Okay. Um Okay, so you heard my my grandson, and you know today is actually technical, of course, after sunset, but uh, today was uh, Shavuot, which is Pentecost, when uh, the Ten mm-hmm. Commandments were given at Mount Sinai, right? And when right. the Holy Spirit well, was given. So in be will oh! you go to your room? Oh, well, we talked about it last week. I thought it was old. I don't know. So did you hear anything that he tried to destroy my question about a second ago? <laughs> Acts chapter 2, is that that's what you were talking about, maybe? I did. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Soapy. I successfully. I didn't know okay. he was going yes. there, Harold. Well, I'm, no, it's, it's because, it's because uh, you know, you never know where he's not going. working. <laughs> Thanks well, for calling in, Harold. with this song, Just As I Am. Okay, I, I better I, hang up, right? Right. Thank you. I love to get the background on these old hymns and to hear the, the story behind them. Now, look, we've only got a few minutes left, so well, let's I... Let's answer the question. In a way, I... I kind of saved us because I want I want to give you a chance. This series of questions that we ask about, uh, we had King Jehoshaphat, a godly king. He has a son named Jehoram who intermarries with the family line of Ahab and Jezebel. And, and that creates this opportunity for the king and queen of Israel in the north who are anti-God and to have an influence over the Davidic lineage in the south. And and so they it threatens the lineage of King David. It brings about this moment of vulnerability in the nation of Israel. Right. And I wanted to give you a chance to maybe we haven't gotten an answer to all these questions. No, we haven't. So I thought it was good for us to maybe take these last five right. minutes and well, go, you do a couple. We'll talk. King Jehoshaphat appointed judges and told them that they should seek to please people, not to seek to please people. But to please God was the answer to the question in, yes. in uh, Second Chronicles nineteen six, and you said it related to the well, passage yeah, in Matthew okay. seven. Yeah, okay. And listen, and this is uh, that's the answer, and the answer is in my version is he abjured the judges. Reflect on what you are doing, for you judge not on behalf of men, but on God's behalf. He is with you when you pass judgment. So now let the fear of God be upon you. Watch yourselves. You do your job. There's no injustice or favoritism or bribe-taking with God. Is this uh, Messiah? Is this Jesus speaking? No, this would be the guy that taught Jesus everything he knows. It's God. Who is it? Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were reading from Matthew 7. No, I was going to go to that next. Oh, My okay. point is uh, that in Matthew uh, 7, it says 1 and 2, it says, I see. Uh, Judge not lest you be judged, but verse 2 says it. Nobody catches verse 2. It says, by what measure you judge, you shall be judged. Now, this and, is uh, Messiah. This is Jesus speaking. Yeah, it is. Now, so what he's saying is you are supposed to judge. But it's not just as you said earlier. It is not discretion, not discernment. It is only and solely only God's laws. Now he's telling right here what a God, what a judge in Israel is supposed to do. 
Uh, uh, there's another word for uh, God, uh, judges. Uh, You're supposed to dis- discern. You're supposed not, to discriminate. No, no, no. But on no, the basis of God's, that, God's law. laws. God's law. So when he's saying, if you may, in chapter 7 of Matthew, if you don't do what I just read to you from Chronicles, and you're a judge, then you're making up your own laws, not God's. And then if you make up your own measure of God's laws, the guy comes after you, he'll make up his laws. So if you make up yours, the next guy will make up his. But if you stick solely to what it says right here, then you understand that you're supposed to only judge using God's laws. And that is so powerful. The same thing could almost be said about our Constitution. If we would follow our Constitution and the limited role of government and so on, but once you start breaking it and creating these little, uh, oh, I'm going to make this law, I'm going to make this rule, so you create the opportunity that people come after you. Start, they start breaking the constitution. This is this is correct. And they start and doing that's the same why thing. that yeah. these guys in Matthew in the New Testament, the, the you know the Christians Bible there, yeah. they've got the idea that it says by what measure you make up your own, the next guy make up his. And the reason is because a judge in Israel, a shoftim, or yeah. uh, actually can be called. Uh, uh, I can't. Uh, there's another word. Anyway, but what it is you're supposed to only use God's laws. If you make up your own, then you're yeah. not doing God's. Because everybody judgment. else behind you is going to make up their exactly. own. Yeah, so, exactly right. So let's do a couple more. Okay, now this King Jehoram is a. Uh, he is the son of Jehoshaphat, and perhaps on a kind of a misguided desire to bring about the reunification of the nation. I've always thought that maybe that was part of what Jehoshaphat and you know Jehoram were talking were trying to do here. Jehoram allows a daughter uh, of uh, of Ahab and Jezebel to marry into the uh, Davidic line in the south. And this of course brings about a great disaster. Uh Ahaziah is a son of Jehoram, but he's wicked uh, and loyal more to Ahab and Jezebel in the north than he is to God's calling for Judah. And so Jehu kills Ahaziah. And so Athaliah, who is the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, a daughter, one of the daughters, she kills Ahaziah's children, her own grandchildren, to make make it possible then for her to secede, secede to the throne of Judah. And so Athaliah becomes the queen of Judah for uh, six years. But one, key, one young child escapes that slaughter. His name is Joash. Uh, we were asking the question a while ago. Joash escapes, and the way he escapes is so interesting because Athaliah has another daughter besides uh, that. Oh, man. An aunt, her name is Jehosheba. She marries the high priest of Judah in the south, Jehoiada, and she is the one who saves her little nephew's life. Isn't it amazing how God... And I want to tell you, uses quick, all of these instruments. Said something about Elijah said that he would die from an intestinal disease. Yeah. Elijah's been dead for seven years. How did that happen? Ooh, 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 ooh. Big question. Thanks for being with us tonight. God bless. We'll Bible see you next Live Sunday. It is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas. 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live, Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. 
may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.